Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. Yes, we are back uh, from a one-week hiatus, hiatus, um, however you say it, hiatus. Um, yeah, sorry, I apologize. We didn't upload last week, uh, but we are back uh, this week four of the NFL kind of wrapping up, and week five is about to start tomorrow night. But I wanted to kind of cover about what's going on because it's almost a quarter of the way through the season. 17 games, I know, but four weeks in, you're pretty much right there, right? And the big story, of course, I think things are kind of taking shape in terms of how teams are going to be. And also teams that are going to be good, teams that might not necessarily be good. And kind of more of the lines of unless things dramatically change, this is what you're going to kind of expect from the teams, right? And, of course, there's always so much more to it than that. Injuries and, you know, teams kind of pick it together, get it together late October, November into December. So things can definitely change, but I think you kind of get a good understanding after a quarter of the season how teams are going to go. And we had talked about this after week one. Jalen Hurts looked legit. He still looks legit. The Eagles still look solid. Only undefeated team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is still playing like that guy. The defense is legit. Hurts is legit himself. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They've got playmakers. And I love the Eagles. The Eagles look really solid. They look like one of the top teams in the NFC. I don't think most teams... I think everybody saw the talent that they had. But the biggest question was the quarterback. And Jalen Hurts has answered a lot of that. And he's got to continue to answer that. As the season progressed, obviously into December, January, and the big moments, but he's been passing all the tests so far. It was a big thing. They were he threw a pick six early in the last game against Jacksonville. They went down 14-0 to the Jags, who aren't the Jags from the previous 15, 25 years, right? The Jags actually look solid. Trevor Lawrence is taking that big step. Doug Peterson's got those guys playing very well. So it's not like, oh, you beat the Jags, you were down 14-0. It's not those old Jags, right? They they look like they're actually heading in the right direction, beating the being up 14-0 and then, you know, blowing that lead. Yeah, you still see the, you know, the growing pains with a young quarterback, which is fine. And that's kind of par for the course. But the Eagles coming back in the manner that they did, 14-0. And then Jalen Hurts, like, the guy runs like a freaking beast. I love the way he runs hard. Sometimes it almost feels like he should kind of take a step back because as a quarterback, you don't want that man to get hurt. But he'd be putting his body and his shoulders into players and, you know, trying to push the ball over the goal line like he did a couple weeks ago. He did it last week. Didn't have the greatest game throwing the ball. But what you're kind of learning is they, Miles Sanders looks legit. Kenneth Gainwell is no, is no slouch. Jalen Hurts can run. They can beat you multiple ways. We saw that game where Devontae Smith against the Commanders lit it up. They threw the ball all over the yard, dominated. This game... More of a running game where you had Miles Sanders, obviously, and obviously Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Hurts. So they've got players. They've got different ways to beat you, which is a sign of a great team. And the Philadelphia Eagles right now are looking like a great team. And I just want to give major love. Jalen Hurts is legit. And the Eagles are strong. Eagles are going to be a team right there to contend with. And love A.J. Brown. Solidified number one wide receiver. And I think the biggest thing that A.J. Brown has done to the Eagles, of course, aside from the fact that he's a certified baller, is the fact that he made Devontae Smith a kind of number two. And Devontae Smith as a number two 
is probably one of the best number twos in the NFL. The guy can run. He's he's won a Heisman Trophy, so we know what he can do. And he had that big game against the Commanders. Not necessarily do much last week, but that's kind of par for the course with a number two guy. Like you're gonna see, you're gonna games where he's gonna completely go off, and there's gonna be some games where he's gonna take a little back uh, backseat to number one. And AJ Brown had a decent game as well, but. The biggest thing, of course, is the Eagles find a way to win. Nick Sirianni and those and the Cats are playing well, and I wanted to give major love to that. And I, you know, again, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I want him to do well, and he's kind of answered all the calls so far. We'll see how that progresses as the season goes on, but for the time being, Jalen Hurts is answering all the questions, and I love to see it. Kind of going from one young quarterback to uh, another quarterback who is in his second year, and that is Tua Tagovailoa. And, man, that situation is scary for those, obviously, people that saw it. Um, the horrific concussion-like injury that Tua suffered in the game against the Bengals where he fell to the ground and his hands were, like, trembling and shaking and his hands were going all deformed in different form, uh, in different angles because of, you know, like, practically looked like a seizure on the field, which is crazy. The fact that the broadcast kept showing it, that's another story. But... Of course, the big thing that came out of that was two weeks ago, Tua looked shaky. He fell down. He came back in the game against Baltimore and ended up winning that game. Everybody said he was concussed, but he went through the protocol, passed the protocol, came back, won the game. Then he got injured in the next game, so it's been a question mark. Is Tua healthy? Did, the, did they follow protocol? And that's the that, to me, might be the biggest storyline of the season because that's something that could prolong that that could be something that could go on and be a situation much later when Tua retires later on in his career right because the, the NFL doesn't want anything to do they want to do their best to make sure that they avoid these head injuries and try to like you know handle them as quickly as possible everybody knows about the concussions the CTE and things that have happened in the past and the NFL doesn't want to go down that route anymore rightfully so but they did an investigation. They fired. Uh, they got rid of the independent neur- neurologist who cleared Tua to come back. And I found that very odd because I'm like, does that mean he didn't follow protocol, or you just don't think that he did his job to the best of his ability based on what the protocols were? My thinking is, I don't. I mean, again, we won't know for certain, or maybe we will find out in due time. I believe he did his job. Tua probably passed all the tests. But then the NFL looked really bad because Tua didn't look like he was, you know, in the right state of mind to be able to go back on the field, especially a week later when that happened with the, you know, the big hit from uh, Hendrickson, I believe, uh, or Hubbard. I can't remember exactly who the, the defense lineman was for the Cincinnati Bengals. But in any case, I think the NFL, does, it's, it's, it was a terrible look. And I think the NFL is going to try their best to try to resolve it. And, of course, they've already got rid of the, uh, the neurologist who is an independent neurologist. So he should have no effect on, you know, whether he goes back. He doesn't play for the doll. He doesn't coach for the. He's not the doctor of the Dolphins. He's not the, dolphin, uh, uh, the doctor of the Cincinnati Bengals either. And I think maybe that's going to make them adjust their protocols more. And I think they've already kind of done that where it's like if there's any sort of concussion or any sort of head injury, that player is out for the rest of the game. Because sometimes concussions, what ends up happening is you end up experiencing symptoms a day or two later. So you might not necessarily feel it at that time. Adrenaline's going, it's a whole bunch of stuff, right? 
But like Minka Fitzpatrick had something similar where he had an injury and he got hit in the head by a, a Nick Chubb knee. And then he went through the concussion protocol like on a Tuesday and the game was Monday. So it's all uh, on Sunday, I mean. So it's really relative. It affects people differently, which is why it's the hardest thing to really gauge. Is he concussed? Is he not concussed? And the NFL is going to kind of do away with that. It's going to be like, hey, if you have any sort of head injury, yeah, for the game. And I think that's the best way to handle it. And hopefully, you know, the player safety is the biggest thing. We love the sport, but we want the players to be healthy to do that. Um, uh, kind of moving over from that story, I kind of wanted to cover a little bit about um, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the Eagles and the Chiefs are probably the two top premier teams in both their conferences. And Patrick Mahomes just... All that man does is prove every single time everybody starts talking about Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and the next guy, whoever, and whatever. Me, I'm a prisoner of that moment too. I love me some Justin Herbert. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Josh Allen. But every time Patrick Mahomes just goes out there and proves, I'm still that guy. And Mahomes without Tyreek, you know, he still got Travis Kelsey. And they went into um, Tampa Bay and just annihilated the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers defense that only had out the most points that allowed in the game this year was 13 until they played Patrick Mahomes. The guy was amazing. Travis Kelsey, nine nine receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. They scored in the first, like, 30 seconds of the game, of course. That was due to the turnover that the special teams of the Buccaneers had, which isn't Tom Brady's fault, which isn't anybody's fault. But Patrick Mahomes did everything and anything he wanted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks legit. Now, he's been getting a lot of touchdowns, and he's been getting a lot of run. And Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things improv. That touchdown that he threw to Edwards-Hilaire where he ran out the pocket, stopped on a dime, linebacker, like, went past him. He, like, you know, like, lobbed the ball to Edwards-Hilaire. He scored a touchdown. And they're... Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. And I think everybody, you know, tries to... Bring up the new guy, and rightfully so. There are some really, really good quarterbacks in the AFC. Lamar Jackson included, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Herbert. Patrick Mahomes has been the MVP, and he continues to show that, hey, it wasn't necessarily a Tyreek Hill thing. He wasn't Tyreek Hill dependent. Of course, it helps to have a guy who is the fastest player to ever play the game with the football on your team. It can only help you. But they dominated that game. The, the Bucks' defense... Really did nothing to Patrick Mahomes the entire game. And the game wasn't even close. Like, this final score did not relatively show how close the game was because it was over by, like, second quarter. It was done. It was wrapped up. They were converting third downs. and first. They were converting third downs. And then when they got in the red zone, they were scoring tests on the Chiefs. Looked like a well-oiled machine. And... They might, they might still be the class of the AFC until somebody knocks them off. They're going to be, and Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. And I feel like it's always like every week, there's always some overreaction to whatever happened, right? And I think that's just kind of what happens in general. With the NFL is you get a week to digest all the information until it happens again, and then you figure out something, something new comes up. And it's always, you get so much time in between games that you all you can do is overreact and kind of, you know, make judgment based on one game, one moment, whatever. And throughout the four games that we played, Patrick Mahomes is still showing, hey, I'm still the guy. He got voted the eighth best player. He's definitely not the eighth best player. He's closer to top five, top three, wherever you want to put him. 
Um, right now, he's kind of showing like maybe I'm top one. Uh, but it's going to be a great thing to see Patrick Mahomes kind of playing with that chip on his shoulder, kind of being doubted a little bit, and he's going out there and dominating. He's still got Travis Kelsey, who might be the best tight end in the NFL. And, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster's not that bad. Uh, MVS, pretty solid. And he's got wide receivers. They're not great. They're not Tyreek Hill. They're not crazy, well, household names. But he's making it do because Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. And I love to see him playing with that chip on his shoulder. Last thing I wanted to kind of cover was talking about the Champions League. Um, You know, thank God Premier League is back. I know... Ever since, unfortunately, the Queen died, there was like, you know, a couple weeks where they weren't showing any games and all the games got postponed. And Chelsea's games, unfortunately, got postponed. And um, the main takeaways that I have from the Chelsea thing is, first of all, this win that they had against uh, AC Milan, who won the Scudetto last year, won the Italian League, won Syria. So they're no chumps. They've got legit players. That was the best performance Chelsea had all year. That's not saying much because they really haven't been good under Tuchel. And obviously, Grand Potter taking over a tough situation. He's kind of figuring things out. The best thing that happened with the postponement is that he got more time with the players. And you're kind of seeing some of the twinkles and the, the wrinkles that he's making to the team to kind of bring the team along and reach the levels that he wants. And a 3-0 win against Milan is great. Um, another thing I want to talk about is, man, is Messi back? Like, that guy's scoring crazy goals. PSG looks legit. PSG might be... I think we're on I think we're on a crash course. Hot take prediction. We're on a crash course, I believe, to either see a, a first-time winner. I think either Man City or PSG. One of those two teams is going to win the Champions League. And um, maybe we'll get a final because that way Erling Holland scoring, man, that guy is absolutely insane. All that guy does is score goals. Two goals again today, like just another day at the office. He's playing FIFA on like rookie mode when you're trying to do some challenges and you got to play on easy mode so you can score all the goals that you need. The guy's unbelievable. He's got three hat-tricks <laughs> in eight games. Like what in the world? And he's just going to keep scoring and I hope he stays healthy because I want to see him break all the records as much as he can. Right now, he's going for the Premier League record of most goals scored. He's probably going to beat that. I want to see him get 50, 60 goals. I want to see him try to take Man City to where they have never been, which is win the Champions League. And I would love to see Messi do that as well. And Mbappe is the one that's kind of played off slow. Neymar and uh, and Messi have been doing great with PSG. Mbappe kind of being a little more selfish. And we'll see what happens because I, I would love to see... City versus PSG in a final. Yes, even as a Chelsea fan, I would love to see that. Um, and like Messi's kind of reinvented himself. He's more of obviously a, a passer. He's playing more of a 10. Uh, and he's kind of leading Neymar and uh, Mbappe with the assist that he's doing. And and Neymar's playing a top form. So they've got, they've got talent. We know they've always had talent. I think they've got something to prove. Messi's got something to prove. And with the World Cup right around the corner, Messi looks sharp as ever. Neymar looks sharp as ever. And that's going to be the most exciting thing is what the, these two do with their national teams. I think those two, are, to me, are the two favorites to win the World Cup, Brazil and Argentina. And the way that they're playing, they're playing at the top level. And I would love to see them take that to their national team. 
and hopefully we get I don't know Argentina Brazil semifinal possibly final depending on how the brackets shake out it'd be great to see and I can't wait for that and also basketball season just started preseason is right uh, preseason kicked off my brother's Phoenix Suns uh, we will talk about how they lost to uh, an Australian league team um but I told him that maybe he will be, get on the podcast soon and we'll kind of talk about it because they lost to an Australian league team. Um, the Phoenix Suns lost to an Australian league team. But lots of things happening. Baseball is going into the postseason. So, so much stuff to talk about. NFL Week 5 kicks off tomorrow. Premier League is back in full swing. Champions League next week. Lots of material. Uh, I'll try to keep you guys going with some uh, episodes every week. Hopefully, uh, maybe cover different sports. Maybe not necessarily focus too much on NFL. Of course, it's the easiest to cover. There's so much to talk about. But uh, I'll kind of try to get into different topics um, as time goes on. Uh, That will be it for this episode. Hopefully, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And on that note, I'm out.